I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, we're here with the Hollywood Life podcast. Uh, we are all back from having a very quiet, I think, at least for me and about you, Ali, um, long weekend. And But things are quiet no longer because kicking us off this week, we are speaking to somebody that we're very excited about and he's got a lot of news. So without further ado, welcome Mike Johnson. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, come on, Mike. Yeah, thank you for joining us, and we hope we um, you're you're looking very great there, and um, you're home in Texas. I am home in Texas. I'm here in San Antonio. Is that where your family is? No, um, all my family on my mom's side is in Grand Prairie, Texas, by way of Dallas. But when I left the Air Force, you know, I'm a firm believer that birds of a feather flock together, and my peer group in Dallas when I joined the military wasn't necessarily the most successful one or doing the best things in life. And so therefore, when I left the Air Force, I decided I want to live somewhere kind of close to my mom, but far enough away to all my friends that would give me a call, you know, and that was San Antonio. And, and so I've been, been here since then. Okay. So you've been quarantining there as well. Yes. I'm, yeah. I've been chilling here in San Antonio. Well, we're really happy that you are healthy and you've got a very exciting new project. You have written a book, Making the Love You Want, which is coming out October 2nd. So yes. tell us about this book. What's it about? What inspired you? Doesn't it, doesn't it sound sexy? Like what, it does. What, <laughs> what thoughts do you get when you hear that, Making the Love You Want? What comes to mind? I want to know from you. sexier when you say it. <laughs> Well, I didn't even put D voice on making the love you want. Yes. <laughs> no, my, um, I'm sorry. Well, it's your question. I just love when someone, when I hear it from someone else's mouth, it just makes you feel good. <laughs> uh, we want to know what the book is about and yes. who inspired yes. you to write it. Yes. Um, my book, quite honestly, is just me in full, meaning my whole entire being, my whole entire personality. Um, it's, all of my preaching and my practices into this book in terms of baby, it's okay. You know, in terms of being authentically true, being vulnerable, being, um, knowing that you are amazing just the way that you are, knowing that we all go through something at some point in time, uh, knowing that depression isn't uh, a thing that should be shunned away, knowing that you could be an absolute terrific, wonderfully made person doing all the great things in life, but then something comes and it tears you down. Um, and you need that pick me up. You need, you need to be able to read something quickly. I call it my Instagram quotables. 
Uh, so you need to be able to reach something quickly, quickly to get back on your feet and do what you need to do. And so my book is all those things. My book is, if you like, it's, it's Brene Brown meets, <laughs> Brene Brown meets an activist of some type. Brene, yeah, I would say it like that. That's what my book is about. Brene Brown. I love Brene. Yeah, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. Now, you said depression. Is that something that you have suffered from? Absolutely. It's been a, well, I've gone through a depressed state, I would say two times for certain. Yeah, two, two times for certain. Um, once when I was 19, I believe it was. Uh, and I talk about it in the book. I talk about what took place within me. And I talk about how I got out of that stage. And I give my readers the exact tools to get out of that stage as well. Um, I was actually hospitalized and all that stuff. So it's kind of a serious Oh, my question. God. Hospitalized? For, for how long? When did it, How old were you? I was 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, like, the exact number of uh, weeks that I was in the hospital for. But I do know how I got out of that state of being and I learned something so incredible within me and myself because the biggest thing about you know as we grow into relationships with itself and then with others is to be introspective about how we can be better for ourselves and better for others and something about me I learned was that if I'm being stagnant in life if I'm just going about the day and not trying to progress in life I get sad <laughs> um, and it, it doesn't even have to be in terms of monetary. It could be in terms of being a better son to my mother, right? I just have to continue to progress. If I was a teacher, it could be about this school year, I want one child to learn how to do X, Y, Z, right? And so for me, I learned that when I came out of that state of depression because I had to be incredibly introspective about what was going on and I could not be stagnant. Did you have depression before you went in the Air Force or after? Both. <laughs> Both times. So I joined the Air Force at 21. So I, kind of, I just told you, actually, that's a, that's a good point. Um, so that's a great point that you bring up. So I was in an incredibly depressed state. Once I got out of it, um, I knew I didn't want to live in Dallas no more, at least for that time period, because, again, I feel that birds of a feather flock together, and I knew they say you're the average of, of your five best closest friends, and my five closest friends at the time, no offense to them, I didn't want to be like them, and I was being I was in a I was in an impressionable mind state, right? I personally feel that from 16 to 24, your mind is incredibly moldable uh, to the friends that you have around you, and I knew that, uh, like I knew that I was being a follower in some regards, and I know that I'm a born leader, and so therefore. What I chose to do, I asked my uncle, who was the most successful person I knew at the time, I said, what's going to make me a man the fastest? That's exactly what I asked him. And he gave, I gave him four options. He said, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I said, um, at the time, I really liked massage therapy. So I said, I'll be a masseuse. I said, uh, I'll join the Air Force part-time or like the Air Force National Guard. I'll join the Air Force full-time or I'll be a a masseuse halftime and a Air Force halftime. <laughs> that would be an interesting combo. Masseuse yeah. slash fighter pilot. 
Hey, be, be a good resume booth, right? And um, he all he said to me was, "Well, which one will make you a man the fastest?" You know, he flipped the question back on me, and I'm so happy that I joined the Air Force, and for one reason only. the The biggest thing that I learned from the Air Force was there's so, and this is why I think why I have my personality I do now. The culture in the world. Like I have friends that have never been outside of Dallas, Texas. Like you know how their mind must be, right? It's like if you know someone that has never, you have a parent that has never been outside of Iowa, for example. There's so much us going on in the world, and so uh, I was in that depressed state of mind, 1920. Asked my uncle a question, joined the Air Force. I bought stuff. I was amazing in the Air Force. Did great things. Um, got out the Air Force uh, with with. A, actually a British lady, uh, a British, a British, I can't even speak today, a British lady. And we were in a beautiful relationship. We got out of that relationship and I was acting like a 16 year old in high school, their first love when we broke up. Um, and I stayed home for about 10, 11 months. Didn't leave my house whatsoever. And I got into a really deep depression from that. Um, wow. I remember things like um, I'm losing myself, you know, feelings like that. Um, I don't know who I am anymore, those type of things uh, from being just so connected in the relationship. Uh, but I had to boss up. I had to stop being a victim. I had to, you know, the things that I talk about in my book, the mantras and the exercise are things that I've done myself. Um, and that's what my book is about. And that's the, <laughs> some of the depression that I've gone through. I love the action items at the end. Those are things you like did on your own and you learned through your own work. Like, did you come up yes. with them yourself? Allie, them, let's yes. tell, our, tell our listeners what some of those action items are. That oh, Mike. Okay, or Mike. That, well, that, there's action items. <laughs> I want to I hear if y'all know. I want to hear if y'all know. If y'all know some action well, I items. I want them a little bit, but I loved the part about like you can't be... Like, uh, well, you know, it's it's one that's known, like you can't be happy with um, someone else until you're, you know, good on your own and like that your self-confidence is the most, you know, important thing about you really. And so you can't, and, and like there, you gave like kind of exercises on how to, to work on those things. And the one thing that really stood out to me was the woman, your friend who was trying to have a baby and couldn't and she wrote out like a full list of kind of all of the things she needed to work on and wanted for herself and in turn wanted for her child and realized she was enough and then was able to you know have a child which i thought was really incredible i love that you know that worked out i love that i think that's a a good one to bring up thank you for that because so many i know so many uh couples when i was a financial advisor you know how many times i had to uh I would budget for like uh, ITV, I believe it's called, or is that what it's called? Um, in vitro. Yeah. Oh, I know IVF. IVF. Okay. IVF. I'm like, I know there's an acronym. IVF. Okay. IVF. Uh, how many times I had to put that into a client's budgets? Because oh. you know that definitely takes a toll on people, right? Oh, and, totally. And then it takes a toll on the the woman because she feels as if not she not i don't want to be blanket but i know in the past there have been times to where if a couple needs ivf and it could be the man as well you know the man may 
he may not be able to produce sperm that can, you know, create a child. And so the things that he goes through in his head, he feels as if he's not a man or, or the woman feels as if she's not a woman. And when there's, yo, I, I just want to be like, I just want to talk to them, give them a hug and say, you know, you're beautifully made the way you are, right? You know, you, you know, all these beautiful things that you have going on, right? But then at the same time, that's all cool and dandy to say those sticker uh, positive words of affirmation, uh, but that's not everyone's love language. So then therefore, uh, we got to put action items in there, right? And so thank you for saying that in regards to my book, because there's lots of that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Do you feel that because you at the time didn't have enough self-love, is that the reason that either you and Hannah Brown, the bachelorette, didn't make it at the time, or that you and your relationships from Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, that's why some of those relationships didn't work. Was it because you hadn't come to enough self-love yet? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you were not self-loving already. <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I definitely loved myself when I was on both of those shows. But I would say that being on The Bachelorette definitely put me to another plateau or another height of loving myself in regards to just I'm not going to go and do something outlandish just to win the attention of someone um, when that's not in my character to do. Now, if it's in my character to do, I'll absolutely do it. I like being goofy. For those that watch the show, I'm extremely goofy, but then I'm also, I speak my mind and I don't hold back whatsoever. Um, but that definitely wasn't it. I would say simply because uh, there was no connection. <laughs> And no connection on to any of the women on on Bachelor in Paradise either. No connection. If there were, if there was a connection, I'd be with them right now. What are you um, like looking for? What what is the connection? Is there a spark? Is there like what what is that? Yeah. What do you need to have a connection <laughs> with a woman, another woman? What do I need? Smile. Tell us. <laughs> tell us. Tell us. <laughs> tell us. Well, I, I brought up earlier uh, uh, one of the five love languages, right? So I'll, I'll keep that theme going with Gary Chapman. Wonderful book. Haven't read it. Um, my love language is, I have a love language. I have my dialect within my love language. I've read this book extensively. So my love language is uh, quality time, but my dialect is quality communication, right? And so I want someone to, obviously, I'm around women that are, I'm physically attracted to a lot. I mean, every, pretty much every woman on the show is, you know, they're physically attractive in some regard, right? And so, but for me, I want to be able to have a connection of conversation that the banner is just there, right? The banner is just amazing. It just goes back and forth. The the laughter, the, the, the success conversations, the business conversations, the how you want to raise your children conversations. Um, how do you, do you give a damn about, TV life, you know, or Instagram. I'm just a, I'm just a conversation guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you, if you had been chosen to be The Bachelor, which so many, I mean, you had so many fans, like the, the campaigns were great. We're still disappointed, but listen, could happen still in the future. But if you had been The Bachelor, if you were in the future, do you feel that you'll be able to have those conversations um, oh, 100%. women and are there 100%. enough choices like do you think that if you had the 25 women you would definitely be able to find a love match absolutely 
One, absolutely, 100%. What makes like you the, so confident? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a confident individual. I'm Mike Johnson. But I would also <laughs> say, I, and I, I did that purposely. I want everyone to do that for themselves as well. Like, because I talk about things like that in my book. I want people to say that about themselves, you know. Um, Ali Smith, for example, like, say that about yourself, right? Um, what makes me so confident? Because of the producers. I know they do a wonderful job uh, picking all these women, right? When I went on Paradise, those are, Paradise to me is almost like high school, right? So you got the the football, the like the jock, like the, the R1, the ones all the girls like, um, and then you have the, the music guy or whatever the case may be. You have, you have the different, different players, let's just say, right? Not a negative connotation, but players as in like you're playing a video game. And I mean, some of the women, had already talked to some of the guys. I think we already know that. I'm not going to bring it back up. Um, and then on The Bachelorette, it was just one woman. I mean, and she, you know, didn't like me. I think she said on Ellen, she likes the guys that look like they haven't showered in a while. So she has a specific, <laughs> she has a specific type, you know, what she's looking for from a physical aspect. And so, which there's nothing wrong with. But if I were The Bachelor and it's 25, 30 women, I'm going to find my lady. Yeah. <laughs> There would be, you'd be, you're sure you'd have that connection to have those conversations. Is it possible as a bachelor contestant or bachelorette contestant to have meaningful conversations with the other love interests? Yes, you definitely can. And that's, that's what makes it hard though as well. It's possible. It's feasible. It's doable. People have done it in the past. I think you have to have a strong mindset and be, and, and mitigate stress really easily. That's why I was like, hey, I would also be the first veteran. I'm pretty good at mitigating stress. I think I'm pretty great at it. Yeah. But on the show, you do have time to talk to the lead. Like when there's no cameras around, like when they're setting up stuff, you know, that's where you get your little conversations in. That's where you get your little, your flirt in, right? That's where you get your, the banner in. Uh, there was a conversation that I wanted to have with Hannah um, if we would have, if I would have did um, like hometowns and did it overnight, I wanted to have a conversation with Hannah in regards to like, how does she feel about the process? How does she feel her mom would like me? Like conversation that you need to know, like, how do you foresee life going after this? Um, and I think I did ask the third one to her while we were on a date. You know, you have the opportunity to talk to that person like real life. Mm -hmm. I think that some people do get caught up in the glitz and glam and at times they forget that, like say things like, I think I'm falling in love with you the very first date. Uh, but then you have other individuals that, you know, hey, they forget that the camera is there and we're just dating, you know, we're just trying to get to talk to each other. I will say the beautiful thing about the show is that you learn, you don't have much time at all. So you cram as much as you can. Uh, while you're with that person. Yeah. Did you, sorry, go ahead, Allie. Did you learn anything from your experience on Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise that you then, you know, used in the book, just even things about yourself or the self-help? Um, yes, yes, definitely. Definitely so. I think that, Brene Brown says this, right? <laughs> I'm going to use her again. Um, vulnerability is what connects us. And while on the show, 
you try to establish a relationship with someone in a condensed period of time. And so one of the ways to do that is to be vulnerable, is to stand up in your truth. And so for me, when I was with actually Hannah and when I was on Paradise with one of the ladies, I stood up in my truth and I wasn't afraid to speak on it because it's a part of who I am. And if you can't accept who I am, then you don't need to be with me. And, and so, I'm sorry. What's part of your truth? Like when you say, I had to speak my truth, what does that entail? What is the things about you that come out when you speak your truth that you want them to know? Well, Bonnie, you got to read my book comes out October 2nd, <laughs> making the love you want. You want to <laughs> <Well>, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, about you. There's so many facets to me. So I would say that the women that I've talked to, they know I, I don't, I don't date to be like, I've never, even when I was 19, I didn't date. I didn't have a girlfriend to say, I have a girlfriend, right? To me, it was like, yo, if you're my girlfriend, like I'm seeing a possible future with you, right? And so I let it be known that I'm pretty serious. You know, if I, if, I mean, I'm playful as well. So if I'm not serious, you're not going to be my girlfriend. Um, and you would know that. But my truth comes out when I say things like, when, when Hannah let me go on the show, uh, when she said, you know, I know that you love your three women. And I know that you want love, but I, you're just not the love that I want. And but she respects me so much. That's part of my truth. You will know the respect that I have for myself. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give me that respect because I'm going to give you that respect. And you're going to know that I really want love for myself and everyone else. And so there is no, there is no gray area when it comes to me when it comes to if you're my girlfriend, right? And so. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I also know that if we just simply embody our self-love within self, if we just embody self-love, we can help someone else out effortlessly and without wanting anything in return. So there will be times to where I would talk to one of the guys about, hey, remember Hannah likes this, right? And they would look at me like, I remember one guy in particular on Bachelor in Paradise, he thought I was crazy because of the way I was treating him, which was a good way, but he was just like, why are you coming at me like this? Why are you treating me nicely? And it's just all about when you care about yourself and when you're just so happy with yourself, you, you want to radiate that off into other people, right? And so for some of the guys, it was a bit confusing, like literally. And these are, so these, and these are lessons and directions that you give in your new book. In yes. order to make the love that you want, you've got to feel these things about yourself. You have to, I mean, be, and the reason you have to is because if I give you a compliment, right? Like you said, you like my hair. If it even sniffs and smells like it's not genuine, then it won't work, right? You'll be broken. And so if I'm always radiating this energy and always giving of self and telling one of the guys, hey, you should do this for Hannah, for example, you know, she likes this. That's because I'm, I'm fully content within self, right? 
to be able to do things like that. You know, in that example with comparing my book to the show, um, you have to be content with yourself because if it's not genuine, someone's going to read right through you. They're going to break it, and then you're going to feel way worse afterwards, right? Um, I think it's a part of the reason why when Hannah let me go, all I could say was, I'm not happy about it, but thank you. You know, that I, I wanted the best for her, genuinely, right? And so when you want the best for someone, or when you want the best for yourself, you want the best for someone else as well. But within the book, in order to get that level, because I was around all alpha males, a lot of the guys have better bodies than me. Uh, I don't think nobody's personality was better than mine, though. Uh, <laughs> but a, a, part, a part of that goes with just all the guides that I had within my book, right? Like I was writing mantras while on the show. I was reading another book while on the show. JPJ loves it. It's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And I was writing in my book mantras to help me through different scenarios, right? And I put those in my book, Making the Love You Want. What are, um, so what are your thoughts about Matt James, who will be the first black uh, bachelor? Do you think he's gonna be, is he a great choice? Um, will he I find say, love? <laughs> I said, oh, I hope he finds love. <laughs> I hope that he finds love. Um, I know that he has love with himself first. I know that he's a great guy. Uh, He's tall and he's never been in love before. So this will be a, a romantic thing for him to find love for the first time in this, in this platform. Were, they, were, were the producers in touch with you at all before this happened? I mean, knowing that you have such a fan base that was lobbying for you, did you hear from them? Like talk to them at all? Yeah, I love all, my, I love all the fans. I call them, you know, I don't like saying the term fans because fans are short for fanatic. I just like the family, you know? I would say uh, my extended family. I just love all my family in that. Uh, there's nothing that no one could do to me. I've been denied three times publicly, right? Once on uh, The Bachelorette, once in Bachelor in Paradise, actually four times, and two <laughs> as a bachelor. Um, but that doesn't phase me, that doesn't make me, that doesn't derail me in no kind of way, you know? And so I was not in touch with the uh, producers for this season, I'll, I would say some. I would say something pretty gangster and say that's their loss, not mine. <laughs> Listen, I think a lot of people would agree with you. <laughs> are you? Would you ever go on the franchise again, or are you kind of like still, you know, more so like that's their loss permanently, honestly? No, I see, and I know that's going to be a headline, which is probably going to annoy me, but or will annoy me, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's because I'm because people want to be like, oh, he's so mean. I'm like, I freaking no, adore no. guys. You know, they're the reason that I'm even being able to talk to the two beautiful ladies today. Um, I wouldn't if I am single. I would uh, potentially be the bachelor they asked me to be. I would not go back on the bachelorette. I would not do paradise again. So we can still have hope. <laughs> we all gotta have hope. We all gotta have hope. We gotta have faith. We gotta have trust. And we gotta have hope. And now, what do you think about Tasha as the potential alleged? We have to say alleged bachelorette. Tasha's gonna be amazing. Like she just had a birthday, so happy belated birthday to Tasha. I, I can't love Tasha more. Seriously, when we were on Paradise together, the conversation we would just have, like 
she's like my sister. I just, her mindset is so good. She's so grounded into who she is. Right? She knows what she wants. She knows what she doesn't want. And she's going to be candid about it. And, and she's a really cute girl. So I think she's going to do awesome. But, but you never felt like there was a connection for the two of you. No, it, it wasn't a connection between us. We're just friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, I would say like this, and I, I tell everybody this. I told the producers this. When I see the woman, I, I'm like, I'm going. Like, I don't care what dude is talking to her. I don't care. I'm going after her. Like, I'm going to make my presence known. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to say, how you doing? My name's Mike. And yeah, I'm gonna come for you. Well, so then we could possibly have, as we said, alleged Claire Crawley situation as what we're hearing. You know, if you found somebody, somebody, if you were the bachelor and you found somebody, would you be like, yep, that's my woman. See ya. Uh, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that. I, I don't. And I'm, the reason I want to do that is because I have hope that if I were the bachelor, they're going to make the job so hard for me. <laughs> They're going to make it so hard for me, which will make for great content for TV purposes, right? Do you um, think, though, that you could actually fall in love with more than one woman? Like, I guess, no, Peter? So, no, no, I don't. I would not say, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's not something that's in my nature. Like, I've only said that one time in my entire life. And I've had, I've been blessed to know a lot of pretty ladies and, you know, beautiful spirits. That's not something that I do. I'm... I mean, I've, I've been through experiences, right? I've lived experiences, so I want to know how that person handles experiences. Well, I want to know how, have you been into a dire situation? How do, how do you handle that? Or if the most dire situation to you is, oh my God, my eyeliner. Like, what the hell? Like, something like that won't make me, that's, I'm not about that, you know? So, I could love your, I could love your personality, I could love your look, but then I want to know, like, I want to know your future. What do, what do you hold for yourself? So, no, I'm not one to fall in love with multiple different women at once. That's my mom, my sister, my grandma would not be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. So you would be confident that if you were the bachelor, that even th that you would find love and you'd be able to kind of go through it all, not pull a Claire and leave early, but you'd be able to um, like juggle the, because you have to kiss all those other women too. Well, I mean, baby, I've, I've kissed more than one woman in my lifetime. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not scared to kiss more than one woman. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a part of the gig, you know? So, uh, and I'm going all out, too, if I were to finish with it. Like, you got you to gotta do those things. It's the only opportunity to where it's so crazy to me, right? Let's talk about it. Let's be honest, okay? Let's be honest about it. We've all seen those memes. It's like, girl, <laughs> it's so crazy. The show concept is wild, right? For we're gonna take the guy perspective, right? Because I'm a guy, I'm the bachelor, I would be the bachelor in this example. To be dating 25, 30 women at once, they know of each other, and you're and you're monogamous. It's it's, it's just it's wild, right? And and the same thing as <laughs> I see Alex's face, mm -hmm. and I see the you know the same thing for you know the bachelorette, right? Uh, with 25, 30 guys chasing her, um, it's the only opportunity that you have to do that and be completely selfish and that's what it's meant to do that's why i told hannah brown i was like well thank you for telling me that and i'm glad because she, you know this is your this is ultimately all of our opportunities to find love but you are the chosen one you know she was the chosen one the bachelorette to find that love for herself and so you have to go through those experiences 
I, I can't be dealing with no woman that can't kiss. You give me the little bird peaks, that ain't gonna do it. You know, so <laughs> I have I have to kiss the ladies. Do you feel like post Bachelorette and post Bachelor in Paradise dating has been tougher for you? Like I talked to Peter Krause about this because he was like, producers were like, whatever you do, just like kiss on the first date. Like you gotta kiss, like kiss, 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 whatever. Like that's what they tell you. And so he said that his first date back after Bachelor, he like tried to kiss the girl and she was like <laughs> Hands <laughs> off. Oh. off. Do not do that. <laughs> he went in like five minutes after they met. I will, I, I will say the first thing that came to mind. I will. I don't care. Well, I've never met Peter Cross. I've never yeah. met him. I've seen him on IG, of course, lots of times. Uh, looks like great dude. Looks like he's successful and ambitious. I mean, if you getting denied a kiss, homie, you ain't got no game. <laughs> oh, so the woman would have no game if she doesn't take the kiss. Well, I mean, you know, everyone has different, uh, I'm being playful, right? Everyone has, you know, a different set of morals, right? For some people, kissing on the first date is no big deal. For others, it is a big deal. Uh, I know that I didn't want to kiss Hannah the first time we saw each other. Uh, I'll, matter of fact, I'll say it because I can say it now. Yeah. I kissed, uh, my first kiss to Hannah was I gave her a kiss on her, like her cheek. You know, because I just felt like I don't want to be kissing you on your lips right now. You know, uh, I thought and I thought it was cuter, I guess you could say. But for me to answer your question, dating hasn't been different. Like, obviously, girls come up to me while I'm on a date, and but again, I can juggle these different. I can juggle these. You juggle them. I guess you could say. And so, if I'm in a serious conversation with my date. I say, hey, I'll, before I leave dinner, I'll make sure I come over there and talk to you, which I definitely have done in the past. Or depending on where I'm at in my conversation with the lady I'm with, I'll say, hey, we'll take a picture right quick, you know, mm. and I'll introduce the lady I'm with as well. And so, sounds, yeah, like a great way to handle it. Yeah, I mean, I will <laughs> I'll say it. So I went on a date and a lady came over and she was saying how much she's uh, so proud of me for my book coming out. And my day said, did you get a pre-order? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, I love you. And I was like, yes. So that right there, if I was on the show, she would have been really high in my regard, like extremely high. <laughs> love that. Good for her. Good for her. Now, just on a more serious subject, um, you're, you're in Texas and there's been a lot of, um, you've been, um, active like in the black, in black, well, sort of, you've been involved in Black Lives Matter activism. Why is that important to you? I'm a black man in America that has, that has dealt with, um, the injustice of our country. And also I have a platform now that I would say probably 98% of my audience members are Anglo. And that's not a negative thing. That I think of it as a beautiful thing to speak my truth and have people that already love me and maybe perceptive to what my point of view is. Mm -hmm. What do you What do you want them to do, and what do you want to accomplish? Um, oh, well, I'm, I'm I'm not a like I'm not going down the road of politics, right? But just simply as a black man in America, I would say just have a conversation and be understanding. Like I can't, 
I remember I used to have a friend that was a, I had a, I had a, I had a fat friend, right? My homeboy Domino. And I would like make fun of him all the time in middle school and high school, uh, like playful, like he would make fun of me. I make fun. Of, I was like super skinny. So it was like, you know, back and forth. And one time he said, Mike, you can't say that because you aren't that. Right. And like, it resonated with me. It just resonated with me. And, and I listened, there's certain things that I can't do. Right. And so, or I can't understand. I don't, I've never been a big guy. Right. My best friend in the world, I ain't going to say his name, I almost did. Uh, we're doing something for his birthday and there's a goal that he wants to do for his birthday. And it makes me smile. I wish I could, I'll say it later in life. Right. Or I might not it's just our, you know, our stuff. And he used to be a big guy and there are things that I just don't understand. Right. I, I just won't cause I'm not that. And so there are things that Anglo individuals in our country just won't be able to understand, but just cause you haven't gone through it yourself doesn't mean that you can't sympathize with it and want to be, and want to help and be on the positive side of history. Right. And so that would be all I would ask. Like I'm there's, I'm so, elated for my platform because I've had so many of my Anglo extended family DM me and say, what can I do? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, I don't understand the situation. Can you help me understand it better? Now, my first reaction is how the hell do you not understand? Because we've been going through this for so long and that's just me being transparent, right? Mm -hmm. Like so long. I remember, I remember being in high school, I couldn't walk down a certain street because there was a KKK church down that street. Oh. This is last decade, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm old, but I ain't that old. You feel me? And so there was a KKK church down a street in Grand Prairie, Texas. And my Anglo brothers and sisters don't necessarily have to think of things like that. Right. Um, I've been in a, to a gas station to where I've been like followed. Right, it's just those little small things, right? I've been by a, I've been pulled over by police officers, black police officers, and Anglo police officers that have immediately told me to get out of the car, put me in handcuffs, threw me on a uh, concrete, and they searched for drugs in my car, wow. right? For no absolute reason. Like, so I have stories for days. I mean, I've been called the N word so much, I, I put on my stories, it's almost numb to me, which. That's the only reason I actually spoke about it because I said it wasn't up to me. So I would just want my Anglo uh, extended family, my Anglo brothers and sisters to just know that this is real. Like we go through this all the time and we just want to be in solidarity. Is, do you also feel that um, it's important to vote to express your voice and that people should I vote? Absolutely. It's definitely important to vote. I talk about that all the time with my friends. I talk about it with my mentee. Um, we, there has been times in the past to where we felt that voting isn't going to do anything. And that's just me being transparent, right? We've talked in the past, oh, voting's not going to change anything. But we've, the conversation has been, our ancestors have died for the right to vote. And then also, if they, the person that we don't want in office may not want us to vote, right? Because our vote actually does matter. Our vote does count. You know, one at a time, it actually does add up. And so, you know, all of my friends and I over the past five years, uh, five to 10 years, have changed our mindset in that regard. Um, I remember going to, 
the DNC when Barack Obama was, uh, you know, trying to run for president, I thought it was just, it changed kind of, it changed my perspective on history class. I never really paid attention to history class, <laughs> but to actually be there and to, and to watch, you know, history being made was just so awesome. And to know that every vote does matter, you know. That's a, that's a really great message. I just think you're full of, you know, great messages today. Um, great messages about um, self-love and about, you know, really taking care of your, your mental state and also um, to vote. These are all great messages. Um, Allie, do you want to ask or add anything? No, I think that the book is just so incredible and I um, think it'll help so many people. Um, I know I really enjoyed reading it and I loved all the messages in it, especially about self-love and, and um, being enough on your own. So yeah. that's something being enough. Hear from. Being enough. Thank you so much for that. I was uh, in the book, I, you know, I was pretty honest with who I am, all the craziness that I've done. Uh, I spoke on, you know, different tattoos that I have. I spoke on, uh, like, when the, the people that I quoted, it's such a wide ver uh, variety of people that I quoted from rappers uh, to athletes to, you know, singers and mathematicians to philosophers. Uh, so I feel that the book will be able to definitely touch someone in some regard. Even if they haven't gone through my exact scenario, they can, you know, when they're reading it by themselves or, you know, around in a book club, you know, it brings up an insights conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, this has been so great to talk with you and to learn more about you. And I think like about sides of you that we haven't necessarily seen on The Bachelorette and on Bachelor in Paradise. And so everyone, you can, you can read Mike's book. Um, it's gonna be coming out October 2nd making the love you want maybe i should say making the love you want yeah you know and you can order you pre-order right you can pre-order a copy no our pre-orders are sold out oh really sold out. yes 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 so that's that's one of the things i think people are really loving our our newsletters that we're sending out weekly so now people go to the website they sign up for the newsletters i i just got hit up i think i just got tagged in like eight um pieces of newsletter content that I put out last Friday. Every, every Friday, a new piece of content comes out. And so that's how we're feeding our, uh, our extended family right now. You know, with the so newsletter. then I guess everyone's just got to get ready October 2nd to either you know, get to the bookstore or download. Yes. Yeah. What were you saying? And sign up for the newsletter, guys. How do you sign up for it, Mike? MikeJohnsonSmile.com. You'll see it right there. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for today. Can't wait to get the book October 2nd. Um, and guys, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Good thank luck you with everything, including with love. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you, Mike.